Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Everyone has their own style and and different ways of leadership. I don't think there's a single path to success, but for me, it's empathy because uh, once you understand your people and your teams and your clients and your and your customers, then you're able to make better decisions. So I always keep going back to that, putting myself in, in, in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frondoza. Welcome. How are you doing today? How's it going? Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 108. And my guest today is Talon Pince, the CEO and founder of Hippo, an organization that helps disruptive startups and small businesses create meaningful products and services. For the past two decades, Talon has been focused on developing tech products that improve lives and change industries. His hands-on experience in product design and development, as well as mobile, web, and emerging technologies such as AI and blockchain, contributed to success of over 100 companies worth more than $10 billion collectively. Talon continues to lead the talented product consultancy team at Hippo while also being actively involved in several startups as a co-founder and advisor. In this episode, you will learn what's most important when choosing a stakeholder in the business, how he learned the art of effective delegation, the challenges of handling a remote team, and how he's overcome it, And lastly, how he has developed a successful training program for junior members and interns of the company. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technology systems that help companies align and understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada Thank you to those who have left a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. This latest one from Redsniff, they write, I've been an early listener to the Business Leadership Podcast and I find that Edwin's able to strike on a topic and get people thinking about things. I love that he doesn't stick to service comments and gets his guests into the hot seat because that's where the real learning happens. Thank you, Redsniff. I really appreciate that and your support and kind words. So if you do rate and leave a review, I will read it on the next coming episodes. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Talon. Good to be here. Well, I'm super happy and excited to to have you. Why don't we start off by introducing yourself to our listeners today. If you could actually, Talon, tell us Tell us who you are and what you like doing when you're not growing and leading businesses. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think personally what I love to do, um, so I have a four-year-old. Um, a lot of my time nowadays is spent just focusing on that project. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and But beyond the family time, I love reading sci-fi. Uh, that's been a passion of mine for a long time, um, especially hard sci-fi. Um, so more like scientific stuff. Um, I think I 
could have been a scientist in another life. Um, and I take my exercise regimen really seriously uh, for the last few years. Um, uh, I think as my daughter grows up, I want to be, you know, strong and healthy and be there for her. And I also love uh, hacking on hardware stuff. So that's been a big passion of mine uh, for almost six or six or seven years now. And uh, a lot of Arduino projects, small robotics, uh, stuff like that. So that takes up most of the time. Oh my God, Talon. I think you and I could probably spend all day talking. First off, we both have a daughter. I love science fiction. I'm training for the Berlin Marathon. And cool. I and I just installed Total Geek Out for those listening. And if you don't understand, maybe I'll put a post, a, post about it. I just installed Piehole in my network at home. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> which for those who are listening, basically I get no ads on any device in within my network. I sort of over-engineered my house now. Um, <laughs> That's <but> awesome. <laughs> so definitely hacker on my end as well. Um, but enough about me, um, because I'll definitely go too deep in that. Taylin, why don't you start off by telling us about your company, Hippo Labs. Let us know what your current role is, your responsibilities, and if you can, what you're trying to accomplish over the next 6 to 12 months. Sure. Um, yeah, so Hippo is a product consultancy, uh, as I call the product studio. Uh, we see ourselves as basically your partner in developing any kind of um, digital product solution. So we've been around for just over 10 years now, um, and we've been working with a lot of early stage startups to figure out their business strategies, um, their um, application or any kind of platform designs, uh, the UX, the user flows. And then we move on to development. So a lot of the infrastructure work, half of our team is focused on um, uh, scalable API and infrastructure development, as well as some R&D. And then the rest is more focused on web, iOS, and Android applications. So that's kind of what we focus on. Uh, we've worked many different industries from education to healthcare to fintech. Um, to more of like hardware solutions, smart home systems. Um, so we're very versatile and we like working on different things. Now, in terms of our journey, it started out as a consultancy, but for the last few years, our strategy has switched to more of a um, advanced partnership, let's say, where we are becoming more and more equity partners and actual business partners in the businesses that a lot of the businesses that we develop. So we did, um, we launched a healthcare application in, in Ontario called Avocare. Now we're working on a new partnership this year. So that's a big, um, a big focus of mine right now, uh, focusing on this fintech startup that we're launching. And we're also developing some internal products um, that we'd like to launch, especially in the remote productivity area. Um, my role is more of a high level, making sure everyone's happy, making sure things are on track, um, making sure the team is growing in the right direction and that we're aligned with our vision. Uh, it's kind of what I ended up in. Of course, my role is ever changing um, and it has been, but uh, that's kind of what I'm focused on now. Amazing yeah. and uh, congratulations. And especially it sounds like the story of your business is changing and you're able to pivot, not a lack of better words, especially working with a lot of startups. I'm wondering in terms of some of the key challenges that you've had or maybe some of the opportunities now because not that you're pivoting into this more 
you know, consultancy or, or more advisor services or, or partnerships. Like, how did you get into that decision? And was there something that happened in the in the last couple of years? Um, I think we feel more comfortable as a business now. Um, we have more confidence in our abilities to launch products as well. So the first, I would say, first five years were tough because we were learning a lot and we were growing the team. The maybe, you know, five to eight years were more focused on optimization, you know, focusing on culture, making sure that we felt really good about the team, our retention rates and people being really happy in their roles and growing as, you know, um, as developers and designers. For the past two years, we felt that we are really stable and, you know, we, we can now, you know, become partners in, in new businesses and actually basically put our focus on on growing in that way. Um, because, you know, if you're able to launch a successful business as a partner is, of course, much better for the business rather than being a consultant. So that's that's a big focus now. And also of me being, not only having my own startup, but being heavy in the startup ecosystem, are you finding that a lot of your customers and your partners now, are they asking for this type of relationship with you now? Um, I think so, more and more. I mean, um, you have to be really careful about, you know, your partner selections, of course. But I think people are much more open to it. Um, actually, there are a lot of new customer requests where people prefer you to be even just a small stakeholder in the business. And we like that idea. I mean, whenever we can, we make that happen because, you know, even if it's a small stake, it means that we have uh, something in there that, that we have a part of that ownership. Um, what's very interesting, um, Taylor, with this podcast you know, I hear a lot of stories, uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs look back at specific points in their life or their leadership or their business. Typically, a, it was a difficult decision that maybe you had to make. It could be firing a good friend, hiring someone. Is there any particular situation that you could recall? It could be recent. It could be in the past 10, 15 years, you know, a decision that you really had to make that, that eventually allowed you to grow as a business leader? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, for me, I think I keep going back to this episode I had uh, maybe five years ago now, I think, when it was a very busy time, it was a very stressful time, and I was trying to juggle the role of kind of CEO and leader with being an actual almost full-time developer in the business. We were still growing the team, so my skills were needed. Um, so I was trying to do too much and I ended up getting this really weird disease, like a vertigo disease that, which basically forced me to lie down like in horizontal mode for close to two months. So I was stuck, not being able to do much. Was that from like the um, stress or the... So, I mean, it is, they think, they don't know exactly why. It's probably like a virus that gets into your inner ear, um, but it it is a big reason is stress. So mm -hmm. if you're stressed, you're more amenable to, to that kind of um, infection. So it really forced my hand to kind of stop and say, what am I doing? Why am I hurting myself trying to do so many things? And it kind of forced me to grow as a leader. So I switched, I made a conscious decision to let go of my developer roles and 
focus more on leadership. And I think that was a really big turning point for Hippo as well, because then I could really, I had the headspace to grow the team, to grow the business, to focus on the more important things. And and things worked out. I mean, you know, you, you have some tough times, um, but you work through them and you and you delegate more. And when you're forced to do that, I think your team grows as well. I mean, that's an important point here. And, and I've heard it a couple of times in the past was understanding your role as the leader. Can you talk us through the steps? And maybe it was immediate, Talon, when you decided to drop the developer role, because sometimes there was a transition for you. Like, do you still get itchy that you want to develop? Oh yes, every day, every day. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, easily. I mean, uh, you know, for me, it's that's my passion. That's what I love to do. If they let me do it, I would code every single thing. But I learned the hard way to to stop doing that. And what I have seen is that actually my team can deliver much better results than I ever can now, right? Now that I rely on them and I let them and I give them the freedom to experiment and learn, um, they've gone far beyond what I could have uh, become. So um, I really love seeing that. Um, and um, and one thing that I learned in those days was um, something that, um, you know, Michael Lobb says, um, uh, or Rans, Rans and Repose, is delegate until it hurts, right? Uh, that's, that's what I take as my motto every day now, you know, does it hurt to delegate this? That's good, then I should do it because um, maybe I can do it better, but that person is going to grow and that person is going to become better at what they do over time. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I appreciate you sharing. I want to just change the topic a bit, Taylor. And I know within your organization, you have a distributed team, I think, um, located yes. at different parts. I'd love it if you could share with us how you have successfully led remote teams. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, our remote team experience kind of is is more organic it was a it was a conscious decision but we we used to be a, a single location team um but we've seen the 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 benefits of being remote and and a lot of our team members really wanted to be able to live in different places and we wanted to keep working with them um so it kind of forced our hands um maybe i think it's four years now almost four years ago that that we kind of switched and we said we're going to become a remote first company now we still have offices but if everyone is remote if everyone goes remote tomorrow nothing will change um so that's that became a big part of our efforts uh, especially that year but since then um now uh, I found that really the key in leading remote teams is just communication. I mean, it's cheesy, but that's it, right? Like that's that's the key. Um, people need to, if you're in the same office, you can communicate at, you know, level, like if it's from one to 10, you can get away with communicating at five. It needs to be at 11 when you're remote. Like there's, there's no getting away from it. And this is not just work. It's also personal things. It's sharing and oversharing and over communicating everything. When we taught our team members to start doing that, and it wasn't natural, especially for development teams. I think people really managed to, um, get, get the hang of it. And that was the key learning for us. Yeah. No, I mean, talk to me about some of the benefits from going remote and how it affected your whole team. And also, if you could tell us how that, you know, the challenges transitioning to remote, because you talk about communicating at 11 
And for development teams, that might be difficult at first. Yeah. Like how did yeah. how did you lead your team to do that, or was there someone really focused on over communicating and managing the teams every day? I mean, there's there's definitely guidance from. So every project that we do, um, there's always a team lead within that project, more of a product owner role, uh, someone who holds all the keys, um, all the context. But we don't see that as project management because everyone's kind of um, responsible for their own work. But it's more about you know making sure that everything's on track. Now, in addition to that, we do they're very serious about our one-on-one um, schedules and being able to you know keep that on track and keeping people on their growth tracks, but also making sure that they're happy, that they're communicating. If there's an issue, doing a doing a postmortem on it, understanding why it happened, why uh, or how we can improve that. Now, those are all part of that communication package. And it's, um, you know, if someone's resistant to it, I find that it's just, it takes time and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of breaking things down and a lot of repetition, but that's the only way that works, right? So uh, I find that, uh, you know, I lead by example, I overshare, I share my personal life, I share my struggles, especially on one-on-ones, and maybe you do that once, twice, 12 times, eventually that person will start opening up. So it really comes down to believing in your team, you know, keeping on communicating, and uh, in my experience, everyone eventually comes around to that idea and understands the benefits. How are you enjoying the conversation with Taylin? I got a question for you. A little off topic. Do you get inbox anxiety? You know that feeling when you open up your inbox and you see countless of unread email and you quickly close the app? I used to have that till I found a system that allowed me to achieve inbox zero. I'm really excited to share that I wrote a short ebook to share the strategies and tools that I use to get to inbox zero. Not only that, I provide some challenges that give you some accountability to help you achieve Inbox Zero. Did I mention it's free? Yes, I wrote this just for you. So no email required. Simply go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for the Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. Now let's get back to it. So how often... Do you as a team get together in real life now? Um, in real life, it's twice a year. Uh, so we do one conference and one what we call the hippocation, uh, which is kind of a retreat, right? That that we get together. It's a, it's a packed week uh, where everyone's in the same place, uh, usually in southern Turkey, where it's easier for everyone to get to. And, um, and we get together and we have a fun week that's also quite... Um, quite dense, so people are kind of tired after that, but yeah. it's good. Oh, well, I imagine with the over-communicating and working with many people every day, um, I imagine you're in real life, your conferences, your retreats are probably a blast now. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's nice because you talk to these people and we have video calls all the time, but being in the same space and actually spending quality time together and, you know, playing games, it's, it's, it really uh, creates special bonds. So now everyone is working remotely. Everyone has their own time. How do you effectively maintain a well-balanced 
work-life uh, balance for yourself and everyone else in the company? I find that it's easier now that we're remote. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's very flexible in terms of the, the hours that you need to put in. So there are, there are obvious benefits that I think everyone's kind of starting to discover about remote work. But um, it's more to me, uh, and this hasn't changed after going remote, it's more about self-discipline and also enforcing that discipline on the team. And by that, I mean, you know, you don't ask people for things after a certain hour or you don't ask people for things on a Saturday morning. Um, you know, as a business owner, I'm always working. There's no getting away from that. I'm always checking my email. I do, you know, I will isolate myself for family time a few hours at a time, but I can't just completely be offline on weekends, but I can't expect that from my team. And that's been a, a big learning as well. But I think we've been really good at that from day one at Hippo. It's, um, it's really important to keep those special times so people have their hobbies and they're not stressed out because over time, uh, burnout is no fun. And, you know, going on vacation doesn't fix burnout. So it's not something you can fix if you reach that point. So we're always focused on not reaching the point of burning people out. It's always about having balance and, and not having huge rush at the end of a project. Instead, you know, keeping that discipline from day one. Yeah. So what I'm hearing correctly is really maybe it's a, uh, unwritten words or rules but no one's emailing after what 4 4 p.m or 5 p.m or yeah i mean it's it, yeah i mean i think it's it's tough because it's because everyone's in different time zones uh you have to be careful about what's your 4 p.m and what's their 4 p.m um but uh yeah i mean for me i kind of have all my communication in the mornings and really after 12 p.m i try not to ask for anything from anyone um, and then, you know, it, it might be the same for them, but it's also about, um, communication hygiene, you know, like Slack has the, you know, no notification preferences. Everyone has that set in our team and, you know, nobody clicks that send notification anyway option. Um, so that's, I think that's a big part of it is, you know, you accept that that communication is going to be asynchronous and you're not going to get a response right away. So even if you send that message, you expect the response to be in the next morning. Um, and weekends are really uh, off limits for us. So nobody works on the weekends. There's, they're, they're very disciplined about that. So I think that's a big part of it too. Taylor, and I'm just really curious because uh, knowing that you have a four-year-old uh, daughter, right? Daughter, yeah. And I, and I have a three-year-old. So how do you... <laughs> Because I know how I work. How do you separate your evenings from working? Um, yeah, I, I, at first it was harder for me. But now that I think for me, it's all about routine. Um, so most days I will wrap up by 5 p.m. or so um, and make sure I'm at home to have you know, at least an hour of playtime uh, with her. So that's really key for me. And I... One other thing that I've been doing um, really well is just not looking at the phone at all. So I just turn off notifications, put it in a corner, and then it's done. Because there will be messages from clients, there will be emails, whatever. It never stops. But um, just stopping that and at least for an hour, sometimes two hours, and just being able to focus on her is really great. And I find that it's the m most amazing meditation, right? Like 
doing some kind of um you know role playing game with her which she lo- absolutely loves um <laughs> and dressing up and doing silly things is you know it takes all the stress away oh my god amen uh, to that um Taylin, i know i know you mentioned it earlier i think it was between the last i think it was like year 5 to 8 you know you were starting to talk about culture and obviously building culture is extremely important for business leaders so can you talk to me how you've successfully used internships and and junior employees to to build that strong culture yeah um yeah we are a big big believer in in training junior people uh we had really good success uh i would say in the last 6 years with our internship program and actually our new summer internships just kicked off yesterday so we just uh, sent out the announcement um so we have um I mean we tried different things I would say we of course we hired senior people and of course we we worked with a lot of you know uh and we have some really strong senior people that we hired and we're still working with in our team but uh, my experience was with my leadership team and and all my development leads um most of them come from our internship program today so um a lot of them joined hippo as just summer interns um and did their you know 3 months and then most of them were either hired on the spot or they came back after they finished school and we have i mean our work is a bit different than usual startup work because we work so early on in the process we can't just focus on pure engineering and we can't just focus on pure pragmatic you know product development so we need to find a sweet spot in between and it's uh, it's very interesting decisions along the way right you you're always trying to balance how do you i scale this versus how do i do this quickly enough so the business is successful and it's on the market in time so teaching that to junior people i find is a lot easier than someone who might come from a very heavy engineering background and is already a senior they might feel that we're not doing things the right way uh versus someone who's been a freelancer all their time and their you know their whole career they might come in and they might try to do things too quickly so we kind of find this we have this um a balance in between and and we train our people based on that idea So that's that's why I think junior training has been really successful for us. And from the sounds of it and for those who are listening, it's a real focus and for you and the organization to to help these interns be successful as well and yeah. because this is part of the culture and and teaching them whether they end up staying or not, ultimately everyone's winning, right? And it's Yeah, exactly. I mean, we also see it as part of uh giving back to the community because, you know, right. um in in the especially in the meetups that we're active in um there is a such there is such a thing known as like a uh hippo graduate right so like if someone had an internship at hippo or someone who worked at hippo they know that they can expect a certain level of understanding and quality from that person we had many people who after our internship program uh you know went out to to work at um uh, pretty big startups we had a few people go to spotify to like booking and you know they they had really really successful careers and that's great to see right that's a big part of it that's amazing well congrats on that on that program and and really giving back and and giving the opportunity for people to learn under your organization as well yeah taylin i'm wondering um what do you personally do to ensure that you continue to grow 
and develop as a business leader? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, I, uh, I think a lot of my learning today comes from peers. Um, I learn a lot from my team, first of all, uh, because they're always hungry for new information. Uh, we have our, uh, we have a weekly tradition at Hippo that we've been keeping going for, I think, over eight years now called Hippo Talks. We do these uh, lightning talks every Thursday night. I learn a lot from that because everyone brings a different perspective and different topic to the table. Um, so that's that's been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm a part of a few uh, Slack groups where it's more about product management and team leadership. Um, I learn a lot from there. There's a team lead TO meetup. Those are always fun and, and enlightening. Um, so uh, I think I, I feed a lot from just peers and, and, and communities uh, nowadays rather than, you know, compared to something like um, reading like, you know, leadership books, which I used to do. Um, but I'm, I'm more learning. I maybe, you know, I'm at a certain point in my career where like there are more specific issues rather than the basics. I find that going, being able to go to a community and ask a question about the specific situation, uh, you get really interesting insights. What is one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Um, I think it's, for me, it's empathy. I, I mean, everyone has their own style and, and different ways of leadership. I don't think there's a single path to success, but for me, it's empathy because uh, once you understand your people and your teams and your clients and your, and your customers, then you're able to make better decisions. So I always keep going back to that, putting myself in, in, in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. Um, I think that uh, my skills as an empathetic leader has always helped me. Um, so I think that's important. And I would say a secondary one is focus, um, being able to focus on a single thing and just, you know, pushing yourself through hard times and being able to, you know, not get distracted by uh, many distractions um, is has been really helpful for me. Of, of the two, I mean, empathy and, and focus, do you think you could learn these these skills? I think so. Yeah. I think I think anyone can learn anything. Now, some people are naturally more focused um, or more empathetic, but I, I don't I, I think it can easily, not easily, but it can be learned by, by anyone, for right. sure. Fun question, Talon. If I were to ask any of your team members, it could be past, presidents, colleagues, business partners, what's the best leadership quality that you possess? What do you think they would say? I would hope they say my communication skills and, you know, my my empathetic skills. I'm a more... You know, again, everyone has their own style. I'm a more kind of serious and focused leader. I think I I always try to be a bit more fun, but I'm I'm more kind of direct and more about just understanding the situation and communicating really well about it. So I think that's that would that would be what comes out. Well, that's awesome, um, especially given the fact that you're dealing with remote teams. So it definitely comes out of you, and you get to practice your communication skills every day. That's true. Since you mentioned you're, you're a heavy reader in science fiction, um, I'm curious to know, and maybe maybe the people listening, is what are you currently reading or what's the last amazing book that you'd love to share with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm reading, I'm still making my way through uh, New York 2140, 
by Kim Stanley Robinson, I think the author's name. Um, it it's been really interesting. It's not. I find that it's not an easy sci-fi book to read, but it's also very interesting because it touches on so many different topics, and it's kind of you know um, climate change as well as you know a very realistic look at what could happen and how the societies that we know today would kind of continue to exist a uh, hundred years from now. And, and, you know, the book touches on everything from uh, economics to uh, societal changes to construction materials. And, um, and it's a lot of fun to read. So, sounds in depth. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I, I'm definitely going to list that book on, on the, on the episode website. So thank you for sharing cool. anything else going on, Talon. Do you have any, other special projects, initiatives, or anything fun that that you're super excited about and maybe you're even losing sleep over? Yeah, the, the one project that I'm really excited about at Hippo right now is our remote productivity tool uh, called Moku. Um, we are gearing up to, to launch it in beta probably end of May. And, you know, there has been a um, I would say a, a big abundance of productivity tools, especially recently um, and specifically for remote teams. But we have been using this internally for um, almost over three years now. So it's kind of a polished production ready version of it. Um, and it's more about just being able to see what everyone's working on rather than you know, it's not necessarily task management. It's more about synchronizing with your team, which I or we, we found to be a big kind of a missing step in, in remote team management. Um, so, yeah, lo look out for it. It's, it's coming soon um, and it's exciting. Well, I love productivity hacks personally. So be sure to let me know or, or us know and I'll share it on on the website as well. Okay, awesome. Before we end, Taylor, any final thoughts, observations? Ideally, I'm looking for actionable items that you could share to the growing business leader who's listening today. I think I would say probably the most important thing I learned is believing in your team, in your people, in your partners, and letting them, giving them the space to grow is, is probably the most important thing I learned uh, in my journey. But also give giving yourself the space, uh, you know, not, I mean, exercising helps, but giving yourself the, the head space to be able to think clearly and learn new things and be open to new ideas is, I think, the critical, critical thing that every leader should do, right? Like if you're always too busy running around, um, you're not going to have time to grow your business or to think about the opportunities, so... To close, can you tell us where we could find more information about you, Hippo Labs, or anything else you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, the best place is to check out our website, hippolabs.com, uh, with a single P, and um, uh, and our Twitter, at, at Hippo Labs. Yeah. Taylor, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast episode 108 with Thailand Pince. If you want to learn more about Thailand, Hippo, or anything else that we discuss, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 108. Join me on my private Facebook group where I will discuss this episode, answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. Simply search for the Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. 
And lastly, if you have not done so yet, please subscribe and rate the podcast on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Help me.